0: Let la- la- last last, last. <sharp inhale>
1: You know what time it is? Thursday at noon on WHPK. That means it's time for Ergo showcasing strong young voices from Chicago and beyond. I am Daniel. Damon is on his way up to the studio with our very special guest. You know, it gets a little rainy. We get after louder than a bomb. People start getting a little sleepy. I know I was myself as well. So while we're still getting settled, we're going to take a couple minutes. Uh, We're going to play a tune. You know, we do a lot of talking up here. Might as well let some music do the talking for once. So here, doing his cover of Kanye West's Family Business, Ergo favorite Chance the Rapper with Family Matters. You're listening to Ergo WHPK.
2: Families all that matters this is just business see you right after nothing comes before you nothing else matters all of this is for you you are all that matters i dance around the darkness down on billy jean road if i ain't to it then we still'll be broke thought i got the formula bon appetit I got to beat in case my baby Baba ever leak Wise beyond my years but way behind my peak You gotta eat, this is step to my princess Point of interest, fourth and inches Hallelujah, the kid grew up The crowd cheer, the child booyah Mic drop, I walk home
1: I don't give up
2: This part of my life. I'm growing up and I and I wanna I wanna do this the right way, go, go out of it, grow out of it in the best way possible. So thank you guys for it's been there thus far and it's only gonna get better.
1: We're back here on Ergo WHCK, and we finally have the whole family up here. I already introduced myself. Why don't you, as always, reintroduce yourself?
2: What's good, y'all? It's Mr. Lay with his homework, Damon himself. We are in the building. <laughs> it is a rainy, dreary day in Chicago, but I am happy to be here, happy to be alive. and Much love to
1: all y'all. Absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the dog ate your car to get <laughs> yeah, here on time. Yeah. <laughs> um, any uh, community announcements you want to do up top? Nope. <laughs> shout out to lighthouse 53rd street Much and love. always a <laughs> couple quick things uh one of the best recurring events in the city sticks is a jam night uh, with musicians from all over the city i believe there's one tomorrow night check his twitter sticks james for that uh party noir on saturday at the promontory always a great time come through for that it's a day party uh and then it was eh we'll talk more about that next week that's all i got yeah. Uh, I was just
2: playing if you identify as black and you are eighteen to thirty five and you want to fight for liberation, rock with BYP one hundred. We are having an orientation this Saturday. If you want to be a member, hit me up on Twitter if you want more details. I am Damon underscore AF or Facebook or one of them type of joints because we not try to tell everybody where it's at. You're clinging to the underscore for uh, yeah yeah man. It's it's an intentional break before <laughs> April Fools. People <laughs> need
1: to like know what it's for. You know? One day I feel like I'm just campaigning. I'm lobbying here be known it. as Damon F. Or, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Why don't you you wanna <laughs> All right, yeah, through? let's uh,
2: make a transition. We have a guest here. <laughs> That's the I way am we Transition yeah. <laughs> we go.
1: Let's let's make a transition. Let's
2: make a transition. I am excited. We have uh, a very special guest here. Uh, we we are finding her in this space at a very interesting time on her journey. Everybody makes a noise for the poet Iman Loren. Oh. <laughs> hey.
0: My name right, I yeah. love that.
1: I tried, I was nervous, but no, I'm glad that it. I did it. Yeah, I see you. I see what's you. the uh, what's the common mispronunciation?
0: Um, Lauren, and I'll be I mean, like, figured. it just don't flow, yeah, yeah like, it don't. It you don't. Know, it's Iman Lauren,
2: the, the rhythm now, right? Work. Like,
0: you wear polo every day, so you
2: should know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who are Well, I am excited to have you here on this week because Thank it was you. just announced that you are chicago's youth port laureate right so congratulations so so so, um describe one how that came about and kind of how you're feeling how you felt when you first learned and like what does that mean for you right now
0: um so like i'm still deciphering what that (laughs) means um but it's basically it came about i started in louder than a bomb All four years of high school, I've been writing since I was in fourth grade, and um, it's just the work. You just always got to remember the work and remember the purpose that you're trying to succeed in in finding your purpose. And, you know, honestly, I can say that I'm just blessed and always stay humbled and grateful.
2: That's what's up. I'm excited because um, it feels like this is a a cool time to talk to you because this is like right before... Like right, you are starting yes. to get into like your lifelong work and as you're headed in your yes. ascension. Um so I think it's gonna be cool, like when you listen back at this. How how old are you feeling mommy? I am nineteen.
0: And when
2: you listen back to nineteen year old Iman, <laughs> this is gonna be cool. So so what is like the who decides? How how do you get chosen to be a youth poet laureate? What does okay, that even mean? Okay, so
0: um Friday. Friday at the Metro, uh, myself, Rick Wilson, the Set It Off Cypher, we all opened up for Chuck D and DJ Lord of Public Enemy. And as I'm doing my piece, Kevin Cole, Uncle Cole, shout out, his birthday was yesterday. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He just uh, announced me that a a panel of Chicago's artists, um, they just came up uh, with a new a new project, a new a new award. Um, poet laureates are known. Rita Dove was the first, I believe, she was the first African American to win poet laureate. So this is something big that I'm setting a big trend, uh, especially to be a black queer non-binary woman. Like it's amazing that I can set this first trend for the youth. And um, so I, the rewards that come with this mm-hmm. is a plaque,
1: Ooh. and bang, I bang. get a a, book. Pla- a platinum plaque.
0: It, i don't know <laughs> we're gonna call it
1: we're gonna put some platinum yes. on there <laughs> you know, i'm going spray paint it gold <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um i get a book published by mahogany l brown that's wow. crazy yes that's so wow. yes
1: so first off congratulations Thank that's you. amazing and, and i think damon you captured it right like it feels like it's that moment right now where uh not that it's all potential because like you said you have been putting in the work but it's like okay you're ready to take that step at least that's what it feels like from the outside is that kind of like like it's tough to have the distance for yourself to be able to assess Mm -hmm. that, but is that where you feel right now you're like okay now let's go
0: yeah like um because that's how i always felt Mm. like i've always felt like you know like you just gotta keep going especially like when we were like raised in systems of chicago public schoolings that i dropped out of but Mm. got my diploma because i was like "Uh," So like we're told that like I wanna be an artist, you know, but that's such a risky career. Have a have a plan B, have a backup. Yeah. And so it's that proof to prove everybody wrong and to prove that to yourself that you can be that.
2: Did you ever invest in one of those backups? Did you ever
0: like, um, so, begrudgingly
2: take that advice?
0: Um so like when I graduated early. Um, that's when I had got published in the Breakbeats Poet book. Oh, okay, true. So I was like, you know, I just got to keep going because I had a lot going on and I'm like, when people choose to be an artist, they see the clouts and like, yes, fans pay the bills, but they don't see the work to get those fans to pay those bills.
1: Yeah. And you don't see how sometimes you have to trade like stability for... Uh, the flexibility to create.
0: Oh yes, my god. And like that <laughs> that
1: sounds like it sounds like almost like romantic or glamorous to not have to be in an office or whatever, but you also then have to be able to figure out like okay, day to day, like how do I make a life?
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Um so but I want to I want to backtrack a little bit before or yeah, I want to backtrack a little bit before we get sure? to that moment. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let me let me work out my <laughs> a sequence in my head live on the air. Um but let's just go all the way back to Tyler. Where in, are you from, you're from Chicago. Where in the city are you
0: from? So I was born on the west side oh, um, of Chicago, L-Town. And and then I moved to the south side of Chicago when I was nine years old in Ashburn, Burbank, where we have one grocery store, three Quickie Marts, and four Starbucks. Um, so being in that area, I was not the quote-unquote black girl, you know? Hmm.
1: What do you mean by that? Talk a little bit more.
0: So like... um. In, in 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 admiration of Black Girl Magic, I was not the Black enough because mm-hmm. I was the bookworm mm-hmm. and I was the the computer geek and the tech savvy, you know. And I didn't hang with everybody after school. Um, Library was my status.
1: Yeah.
2: Did you have? Um... a a, a racial lens or consciousness or when you say you were not the black girl and you kind of like list these traits Mm -hmm. that are, i guess you're saying are disassociated with blackness right are you saying this was something internal right like you hadn't you were on a journey towards your identity as Mm -hmm. a a black woman or like your friends and and the environment you were around were not like uplifting or or I respecting you as a, as a young black.
0: Yeah, because like growing up in Ashburn. Um, what what
2: intersections are we talking? to? So like Ashburn
0: is southwest of Chicago. Right, right. So right, that's like, like 76 little... and Pulaski, right, like right. between the nine and Daily College, that like four city area, mm-hmm. which is predominantly Latina, but a handful of black people. So that uh, that kind of stigmatized me. You know, growing up and I grew up with a lot of insecurities Mm -hmm. and it wasn't something is like, oh, daddy issues or, you know, abandonment issues. So I had to take those issues and I had to reevaluate them into words, into storytellings for what my black girl magic is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's I I can imagine that's such a process to learn how to do. And, you know, one thing that always has uh, about you that strikes me is uh like your passion doesn't play like it's pretty clear when you say something when you feel something like how um how genuine it is and i think especially like in this world of performance (laughs) there is the performance of emotion a lot and like sometimes you can see through it from a mile away uh and with you like I've never questioned whether you're actually feeling what you're showing.
2: Oh wow! Dude. Which is either
1: a compliment or like a super big
2: insult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, like man, I can't
2: see through yeah. your performance.
1: <laughs> no, no, and I mean the shade, the shade. Yeah, basically, what I'm saying: this we came here to to roast you. You are a snake. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of show. No, but I, I I think like the the ability to stand on a stage or even on a on a page to be working through those fields in art um, is something that I think you do very well, but I, I can imagine that it takes some time learning to be comfortable with that. Do you have a point where you're thinking about, uh, or a, a, an example that really stuck with you of someone else doing that? And you were like, wow, this is an avenue to work through these things.
0: Oh, whew. wow. See,
1: I get, uh, I bring the compliment and then I hit you with the tough question.
0: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> damn daniel <laughs> um so we're gonna have
1: to chop that we,
2: it's just time to do it you have it yeah all right we're, we're okay. gonna pull that up
0: so um <laughs> like i i really like, i really forgot but um like the transition that i became like so far like from being you know a participant in a loud and a bomb mm-hmm. and then transform into a mentee of people and and then like going on even further to actually working for the organization that runs these and then become a fellow coworker, I just constantly learn. Mm. And the one thing that I know is that I know nothing at all. So I'm always willing to purport, like willing to learn. But my mentors who are like my friends. Shout them out. Jamila Woods, <laughs> Nate Marshall, Fatima Oscar, Jacinda Bully, Jaquanda Viegas, Kevin Koval, my, my uncle Kevin. Don't <laughs> nobody else call him Uncle. <laughs> um
1: some people call him grandpa, but
0: I know, but like
1: it's a it's a big family. You know what <laughs> I'm saying?
0: Uh oh my gosh, there's so many. Natalie Diaz. I appreciate her work of her storytelling so much. Um and then my fellow, like my fellow artists in performing, Bella Boss. Uh, the whole set it side for Sel, Brittany Carter, um, Damon Williams. <laughs> like, like it's yeah. just it's it's the militia in the Renaissance that really like you know burns me. Yeah, because they see me, but like it's just the fact that they see me mm-hmm. and they, because they know that I see them.
1: And so, that, yeah, that validation kind of thing, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk about that
2: process of being seen? That's that's kind of like profound. What 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 does that mean, or how does that contrast into spaces or places or times when you felt unseen?
0: So yes. So um, my a lot of things that people don't know about me is that I actually do rap.
2: Oh,
0: hey! <laughs> I rap, I'm a beatboxer.
1: We got um, a long hour. <laughs> it's going to be great.
0: Um, so like, it's like when you go out, it's like, oh, you the poet. You the poet. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I remember you from that l piece. You did that lemon juice piece, like, yeah, that was crazy. And it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I get opportunities to do music, but sometimes it'll be like, yeah, can you spit this poem? And then so, like, a lot of times I feel scared. I ain't gonna even lie. I'd be scared to put my real self out there because of the backgrounds that I come from. I was trained uh, in singing and classical and jazz singing. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, like, um, and a lot of, it's a lot of talents that I have that I haven't put out there. So as far as, like, being out there on the scene, it's hard because of what scene you're trying to get put out on mm-hmm. when it's one specific genre that it is focused on.
2: That's really interesting. How, how Usually it goes the other way around. Like, mm-hmm. people start with the, the written word and poetry, at least in my experience, and usually, like, develop that into musical yes. performance. Um, how did you go the other way from being trained in, 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 in the music um, to then, like... Take away the rhythm and the melody and just focus Hmm. on the words.
0: So um, it really started from when I was younger, like my father, um, his name was uh, Danny Lawrence McGee, but he went by Dan and he used to play at jazz clubs like the Wild Hair. Shout out to Pops. Yes. (laughs) And um, back before R. Kelly was pedophiles and whatnot, he used to play um, him, him, R. Kelly.
1: Or before we knew.
0: Yes. Um, before R-,
1: before R. Kelly the pedophile was re- was before that dropped, yeah, like
0: way before. Like,
1: <laughs> we got some RBB started earlier. <laughs> this is what I like.
0: <laughs> um, we should my- just
1: change the segment to Beef with R. Kelly because I sort of speak <laughs> of every week.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Aaliyah for dealing with it, <laughs> but um, yeah, like him and my dad they used to play together, and my dad. Him and Shaka Khan were real close in mm-hmm. high school. And so I got that musical from him. And um when he died, it was sort of like a void that I was just missing. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I well, appreciate it.
1: And we can go as obviously as far into this or not as you want. But <laughs> when, when was it that he passed?
0: So he died when I was six years old. Mm-hmm. I was living. This was, uh, I would say, about 2003. Mm-hmm. Um I was... Nine years old, on the west side, just about to move to the south side of Chicago. And I have vague, very, very vague memories. Like, we used to do shifts one one weekend. I was with my grandmother. And then the next weekend, I was with my dad. But then my nana died two years before he died. Mm. So the family was just very disconnected. And then it it, it it just transferred onto problems with my mom and then problems with myself. So I was lonely. Yeah. And depressed and in a black community that don't exist yeah that's uh quote-unquote white people issues Mm -hmm. or that's issues that takes money that we don't have
1: were there moments where you brought those feelings or like a little bit of awareness about what that was to someone and they dismissed it directly
0: yes um i've had mentors who i felt like have dismissed me completely um and also like just the system Mm-hmm. that we are that we are caged in to to fail basically right like, but
1: specifically with that feeling of uh whether it's depression or you know or just needing help just yeah that feeling of yeah like who can i go to who can i turn to and ask for help and be vulnerable and doing that like um yeah i think it can either i mean you you, you tell me like is it something that's like a person literally saying to you uh No, or is it this feeling that you can't even ask
0: um it's both in a sense because like uh with my mom it's always you know what happens in this household stays in this household Mm. and so when you take that and you take that outside that transfers to i can't tell anybody Mm. and so when you do say something it turns into oh you're being abused at home and then dcfs gets involved right And so you're shut quiet again. Hmm. Yeah. So
1: how do you think about that in your art making? Are these things that you have worked through in your creative process? Like, is that an outlet that felt safe to do that?
0: Yes. I'm so blessed to have the confidence to keep enduring Mm. in my artwork ever since the third grade Hmm. because it's got me here. And one of the most things that I learned recently is to take my culture that might not have been, you know, everybody's upraising in culture. For example, like hip hop. Some people might have been raised on like real old school hip hop. Like, you know, like Heavy D, Big Daddy Kane, you know, like Coolio. Like I had those cassette tapes, um, but I grew up on the samples Mm -hmm. that made those beats. Interesting. And, And that was my hip hop. Yeah. So I learned to take that of my culture and transform that into my words. Mm. Yeah.
1: What do you mean by that? That's super, that's a super cool idea. What do you mean by that?
0: So like, um, something that like, uh, someone asked me what my artistic statement is. Mm-hmm. And my artistic statement is that I take page to stage pose. And I learned that how the same way that you could perform a poem on stage is the same way that you could perform it on page. So what I like to do is I like to use a lot of, you know, Ebonics and urban colloquialisms from our people and the communications that that we talk about, the clergies and the trends that we fall under. And I try to blame my stories under that in a real subliminal message.
1: Mm, in a way that subverts them? Like, is that the goal to, like, take those things and try to... I, I, I don't... So, yeah, that's a... That that bringing those two together, is there, a like, a doesn't have to be, but is there an angle on that? Like, what are you trying to make out of those words? I mean, this is a super head-heavy conversation Mm -hmm. right now, but yeah.
0: I think, like, overall, what I'm trying to make from my words is, this might sound, like, cliche, but I guess, in essence, I'm trying to make, like, not my last story, but a story of others who probably couldn't speak it. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's my responsibility, like, as, as an artist and, like, as a speaker, as one is to tell the stories of myself and to tell the stories of those who couldn't tell their stories. And so the best way for me to do that is to tell through my experiences and what I go through and what I feel like a lot of people go through, but I'm gonna tell it through my perspective. So I I like to use um, persona, um, I like to use, you know, storytelling and a lot of odes to, you know, odes that haven't, you know, odes used to be written, you know, to like ode or love to joy. Mm-hmm. But I like to bring back, you know, like ode to my Adidas, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to KRS-One, <laughs> you know, like, you know, just like re memory back of of a whole genre to mm-hmm. one specific story.
1: Why don't we uh, take a sec since y'all sprinted up the stairs and then went right into conversation. <laughs> we'll uh, We'll catch our breath. Uh, Stephan Ponce dropped this new track featuring Ergo alum, The Mind, and uh, Julian Bell. It's called Drive-In. I really like it. We're going to dance up here in the studio, perhaps. It had me dancing when I was getting ready for the show, at least. Here's Drive-In, Stephan Ponce. You're listening to Ergo, WHPK, ergoradio.com.
0: I need
1: your love this way, baby, You got me swerving, nervous I can't wait to see I'm drunk in love with you I'm steady trying to paint a picture You're the purest thought I've ever Thinking I ain't even had a drink with you I'm steady trying to find myself all the I
0: trying to find you too. I dance with two left feet, but I promise to do right by you. So what do you say? Can we grab a cab and try to is the birds, get lost for the summer, discover yeah, some treasures, blunder, I
2: don't really I don't care if you're out of sleep all time. She said she lost the train of thought when she got lost on my mind. When don't me i run you love this baby <laughs>
1: Ponds driving featuring the mind and Julian Bell here on Ergo WHPK ergoradio.com. We're here with a very special guest, Iman Loren, not Lauren, don't get it twisted.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so when you were doing the, the shout-outs to the mentors before, um, you know, obviously there were a lot of familiar names, folks that we've had up here, or just people who are in the city doing work. And I think one of the things that's cool for me talking to you is after all these conversations with folks over the first 35 episodes. Who have been working to create classrooms and spaces and stuff like that yes you're now stepping into that role in a great way but you're also the recipient of a lot of that work Mm -hmm. um and so it's cool at least for me to see like it worked basically yes
0: (laughs) like all these
1: ideas all this stuff it it actually like it gave you a space to come to um so for you like what was the what was the entry into this community you said you've been writing since you were super young but
0: mm-hmm. into
1: connecting with some of those names that you mentioned where did that happen how did that happen
0: Um to be honest I I completely forgot because it's been it feels so long like specifically in L'Tap I remember these like I knew them very well would always see them perform the first poem I seen by Brittany Black Rose Capri was Pork Fat. Uh <laughs> Jamila, she had did this, uh, this poem called Period Peace. I remember uh, I remember Nate, like, cause yeah. I just always associated him with Harold's chicken. And so <laughs> the um, brand is strong. Yes, and then Kevin Colville with the same hats, like, you know, these are the people who taught me. And they're in organizations like HumLink. Link. So to see that I'm a product from these organizations it's it is it just like you said it's absolute proof that yeah. it does work but i would say that it also is a part of the artist in training to prove that that's the work that they want to be in mm-hmm. because yeah. um yeah. a lot of times my roommates ask me they'd be like oh you we're so jealous you could just you don't be doing nothing at all i be like Okay, you go to Evanston at seven o'clock in the morning for three days yeah, straight. <laughs> right, like, it, but you gotta do the work.
2: Yeah. Can yeah. you talk about that moment of of the switch from it? You know, a lot of these communities are built around like youth programming mm-hmm. um, and in some ways have like a, a quasi like after school program yes. type feel. Um, so going from something that, that is, is more structured as like a hobby or just a social event um, to actual work and yes. the career right because because this is probably in the last six to 18 months or so you've gone from that transition to to student to facilitator um how, what what is that process like of making that decision like this is not just something i'm showing up to right. to receive
0: i think this process that process takes uh really takes hold in like taking taking every opportunity it's kind of like when you're applying to college mm-hmm. and they tell you to apply to every college, even uh, your community yeah. college. And sign up for all the clubs. Yeah, you know? sign up for all the clubs, <laughs> all the hobbies. And I did that. Like um, I participated in Young Chicago Authors. They had uh, an internship program for the first year it was called uh, the Guthman Internship. And then the second year it was changed to Bomb Squad. Uh, so the first year I had just uh, was an indie finalist for Louder Than a Bomb. So I was uh, applied, got that. The second year, I'm like, I still want to do this. So I applied and I got that. And then it got to a point where um, I was going through a really traumatic situation. I was in an abusive relationship for two and a half years. Mm. And these people, these mentors, these this family were just looking at me because anybody who knows me knows I'm all smiles. Mm-hmm. And how are you doing today? And how did your heart feel? But they just read it. I didn't have to say nothing. And they helped me. And so they was like, we think that you should apply to be a teaching artist. And I was like, wow, okay, I applied. I've done work for two years prior at Ravenswood for following under Links because I was an apprentice, and then I went to advanced apprentice. Shout out, Links. Yes, mm-hmm. we get free always. Right. Um, and then I transferred, you know, to an intern, and now I teach for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that's one kind of help in that moment of real need and trauma. I, And you don't have to get specific with this. But were there other things that went like above and beyond just opening up opportunities for work that were like support that now you look back like, man, they didn't have to, to do that. Uh, and then he did and it made all the difference in the world. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I, I even want to add on to the, the wording of that question. Like what in ways that feel comfortable articulating, like what does that help look like, right? Because there, there are probably a lot of people listening who either need that help mm-hmm. or want to provide that help because they see people who are, who are hurting, right? Right. And so you, you are saying that you are, are the product of being helped mm-hmm. and you are in some sense on the other Absolutely. side. Absolutely. So what what does that help look like?
0: That help, um, it definitely does not look like charity. Mm. Because uh, when I'm a person who, who keeps a lot of, I, I keep a lot of stuff bottled in, to be honest. Like, and it it will take some type of of outside source to get that out but i'm a lot of i'm typically to bottle that in so one thing that i stressed was that i would like to work in this position i don't want no charity case though any check that i receive i want it because i worked at this gig and this gig and this gig and i want all of that to line up on my check i don't want no bonuses I don't want no extra cash. Like, oh, we just found this. I don't. I don't want any of that. Hmm. I just want pure, just, just opportunities so for me and to work.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. like I, I, I just want to work for. it. I didn't want to feel like a charity case because, yeah. like, I didn't. You know, I didn't. I wasn't open. It was just seen. So it was just spoken yeah. to me.
2: Outside of like the the kind of employment dynamic that mm-hmm. you're talking about, right? Was there any like human connection? Or, 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 yeah, just like the, the
1: emotional and psychological help or support that that, that is needed. Because it's one thing to put money in someone's pocket mm-hmm. or to provide an opportunity. It's another thing to like actually look them in the face and say, are you OK? What do you need right now?
0: Yes. And I feel like that's exactly where the mentorship comes to play, um, because there's also like a fear of trying to get too carried away with like mentees slash mentors um, because I feel like mentees and mentors have a, a deeper connection as opposed to, like, you know, student-teacher. Mm. Um, so, like, with mentees, mentors, it's like, you're my mentor. You can guide me through this. So these people that I shouted out are, you know, our family. Probably the only family that I've I've had since, since I was nine years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing... Um... It's an amazing support system to have, and it's a complicated one, right? Yes. I mean, I think, like so be, you mentioned the Breakbeat book, and uh, I look at the 78 people who are in that book, and I, I was on one of the tour gigs, um, and I won't say who, but someone's like, this book is a... I could draw a web of all the people who have slept together in this book <laughs> oh. <laughs> like over the last 30 years. Me And I say that not to put anyone's romantic affiliations on blast, Whoa, but I say that to I, be like, these... This it's, community is very incestuous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's com- it gets very complicated yes. when the people who are your family are also the people who you're around in that way and the people who are your business partners. Right. Uh, do you feel any... Um, do you feel any need to guard yourself from relying too heavily on those people, or does it feel like straight up just a hundred percent trust?
0: H e double hockey sticks. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if I we could. We can say <laughs> hell. we are not supposed to curse. Right? Hell, we, we have hell an
1: ongoing her. beef for the FCC. Okay, uh,
0: like, um, <laughs> it gets, uh, it gets hurtful at times. I will say because sometimes I feel subjected to adultism a lot. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, you know, like in their eyes, I will be seen in, in some of these places, I will be seen as a charity case because like I came from being a mentee to a mentor so fast it's like, I worked you know yeah. I worked to be a mentee to a mentor <laughs> so fast so they're still that in that discomfort of like oh wow I still see you as my mentor yeah. like we can't turn yeah. up together <laughs> but my thing is like I felt like we should have developed some type of connection where you know you understand and I understand that you know what happens between us happens between us And i feel like that that adultism can happen a lot of times like not even in just people who are older than you but people who are in the same range as you uh me being a position who now works at an organization where a lot of people a lot of young adults go there and they still see me as their friend and i have to say like i can't do this with you right now (laughs) like we could we could probably go to my crib later (laughs) but you know and I have to I have to be aware of that, but it's like still wanted to be accepted and seen as, you know, I ain't a kid. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you think it would be different if you had gone kind of the like quote conventional to college and then come back route? Do you think people who are your peers would look at that differently?
0: Um so as uh as far as my peers go, no. <laughs> because they ask me a lot of questions. Like, why didn't you go to school? Like, what What do you have to do? What do I have to do that you do so I ain't got to go to school and pay student loans? <laughs> and it's really the fact of pure intention. And I just really, I honestly listened to myself. I got accepted to a lot of colleges, a lot of universities. And as I was about to pay my housing contracts, my mom didn't know that I was going to pay it. She didn't know I got accepted to schools. So I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to go away yet. Like, mm. is it time to go away? Or is it just everybody is going away Mm -hmm. and this is the next step? And I'm like, whose next step is it, though? Mm. So I'm like, it's not mine.
2: In the way you are just articulated that, it sounds like you still are leaving that window open. Yes. I'm going to school in the near future. Is yes, that, I
0: that... am. I actually am going away to school. Oh, um, you are?
1: You you, I am you say go- that. Okay. Yes, wow. I am going do away you know, to do you know where and when
0: and all those things? I need to go to an H B C U school. Okay. Like I got like I need a different world. So you're okay, trying to go South. <laughs> I would love to do South, but um or well, East Coast. I'm honestly scared of the South. Mm. Um, petrified of the South. Um, a lot of my family comes from Southern Louisiana uh, of the Creole line. Mm. So Confederate flags, just the view of one, petrifies me. Mm. And to see the movement that we are in now... Like, I was just asking someone yesterday. We were just chilling. I was like, are you an All Lives Matter dude or a Black Lives Matter dude? <laughs> I was like, this is just me on a first yeah, date. Yeah, I got to know. Which like, squad do you represent? Right. What, what you is? He was like, ah, I don't even know what that means. And uh, that petrified me.
1: That's... This was on a date? But dude on blast. This is fantastic.
0: <laughs> like, like, this is like, I'm like...
1: I don't even know.
0: I'm like, bro, I got to shut you down. That's a good response. <laughs> yes, like, I was like, I was. It, it just petrifies me that like you live in my hood,
2: mm. like
0: two blocks down, and you don't know what this is.
2: Do you think like let's take that away from that one person and that individual because like you know that that sounds like a bigger problem. Do you think that's a problem of access? uh people who are like not connected to what's going on right now or like some choice or some like intentional ignorance
0: I feel like it's uh it's definitely both um because they like lower lower funded like residential areas, hoods, ghettos, what they call these places are not educated to know these things. They don't know that if you go to a protest, you go to a protest to be smart. You're going for a purpose, so don't go dirty. Don't go to a protest dirty. When you get arrested, I don't know nothing. I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> this is my. This is where I, my name, my address. Where's my lawyer? And they don't know this. So, like, to think of like they're they're not knowing this, then it comes into oh, it doesn't matter because apathy. W- right what what black lives don't matter like look at what we say we we like what what is like none of that stuff matters voting don't matter and they say that because they don't know that
1: Mm. yes so when you're in and i think this is like an ongoing process to learn how to do but when you're in those kinds of conversations and it, it i mean it happens on both sides right um like i find myself in conversations like that with white folks sometimes too with for a different set of circumstances mm-hmm. very different set of circumstances but i mean i think part of the challenge is learning like what do you do in those conversations because those are the important ones mm-hmm. or some of the important ones are there things for you like do you take that how do you take that responsibility very seriously and dame you too all right I will end, but what did you say yeah. oh
0: <laughs> um <laughs> so basically i just had to like i had to chush him down like a uh, chuch like I hope people don't let <laughs> me. School. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just gave like an education. Like, so he was parked in my block and he got a ticket. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you know what they said to me? They said, I'm a menace to society. Mm. I was like, and they told you this, and you the only truck parked on this block, and it's like minivans and U-Hauls, and you the only one that got a ticket on the street. You just pretty much answered your own question. And so I'm just trying to, I I just basically, it's the same thing I said. Like you have, you have street smarts. Something my mom told me, uh, she was like, you're very educated book wise, but you need street smarts, Mm Iman. Look in the windows to see who's walking behind you. Pay attention to the shadows on the ground. Like I had to learn all of that. Mm -hmm. Tuck your keys in your pocket when you're walking down the street quiet. Be Mm -hmm. quiet. Like Mm -hmm. I had to, street smarts, right? What are the street smarts? Of how a society is looking at us. Mm. So, what are the smarts of the outside looking in as a black person, mm-hmm. and they didn't know that. So, I just basically had to tell them, like, you gotta basically. It's it's scary because I'm not a black man, mm-hmm. so I don't I can't speak of any black man's story. I can only speak of of what I've been taught, and mm-hmm. pass that stories on. And as scary as it sounds, like. We're targets. Mm-hmm. Like literally walking outside like snipers are on us. And that's how you kinda have to think nowadays in order to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a ticket and you make a scene in the in the streets, you know, like, oh man, F this and woo op the bam, boom. Yeah. We see you. Yeah. We got your attention. <laughs> you gotta be careful yeah. and be conscious. And I just asked him, my simple response was, Are you conscious? Mm
2: yeah and and so you asked me how i kind of respond to that um and and for me uh it's about kind addressing the fact that there are like power dynamics to each reality so before getting too like abstract or getting theoretical or try to like teach people history or you know sound like farrakhan or some Mm i i i i talk about very real things so in in that conversation right like if you're talking about the ticket writers like Mm -hmm. why are the tickets there and it didn't just happen overnight right Right. like there are very specific processes people invested millions and millions of dollars into making sure that those ticket writers are in that on that block and that those profits go back to downtown or to you know the, the power structures that be so whether it be like education whether it be the police whether it be food deserts right like whatever specific instance we're talking about just showing that that did not happen that this inequality if we want to use that word mm-hmm. uh, was not accidental was yes. not passive right yes. and it's not only based off some long history or slavery or Jim Crow right like there are active decisions that are being made right now today to make sure it is black lives still don't matter yes. um, and that tomorrow they will continue to not matter
1: yeah it gets framed as legacy a lot right yeah, like yeah. that's kind of the dominant thing it's like here are like the last dregs yeah. of this thing that are still kind like, of like no, n- no decisions are made today they're closing
2: down schools right now like they
1: yes. yeah the runners ca- slashing budgets now CSU's being closed now the contracts for the yeah yeah, yeah. It's and today. so like
2: you know i always i mean in this conversation there's always like the black on black crime mythology that is brought in or like the the chief keith answer right yes. like it's it's because of kids like him uh and, and and my response is always like we always start with the the, the most powerless to like blame the problems of society um and right chief keith was supposed to go to a high school right like he <laughs> dropped out of high school at 15. what school was supposed to educate him that's who right. was responsible for for his nurturing and for his consciousness and if him and everybody he was around was ultimately failed so drastically right like how dare you exactly n- not account for for that reality
1: um so, so that's usually how i answer that or- And that's a lot of kids, too. Yeah, I mean, like, you think about if in each of those... And I'm just saying that, like, for for folks who are not... Yeah, it's just there's a whole background of kids, like, in every video. And then you can kind of just imagine... The way I think about it is, like, the camera continues to pan out. Right. And, and like, the the squad keeps going. It's a whole,
2: like, mile radius of concentrated poverty. And and that happened by real legislation, by real companies, by real politicians. And they've made billions of dollars from doing this. And they've done it violently, right? Like, closing down schools, the police state, food deserts, deprivation. Those are all part of the definition of violence. And so if you only look at the decay. Or the violence of the powerless right then you are passively a part of the problem or part of that structure yes. so usually once you put it in people's like real life experience of whatever they see whether they be a white hipster in in logan or something right like the reason why you live here it, right. it is is based in very specific things or if you're on old block or it, you know if you're in the back of the yards right like the reason why there are potholes right here is because of, of a very intentional neglect right and once you compound that like that's when you get a laquan mcdonald that's when you get a shy that's when you get the bds and the gds
1: and you can when yeah i think you're right connecting that personal experience to the to the whole is like a good entry point for you in learning to connect those things iman like do you remember any particular moments where someone gave you that framework that like 100 percent clicked you're like oh here's this thing that i've always known isn't right and here and someone finally explained to me why Cause I think that's a lot of the work, like it falls into the guise mm. of this like artistic training and that's a piece of it as well. But it's also like you see over and over again, these educators whose names we've been talking about and who we've been talking to the last 35 episodes, doing that work of connecting those two dots mm. and drawing that line for young people. Mm. So as someone who came up in those spaces, how and when did that happen?
0: Um, it most recently clicked for me when it came to like just identity of myself Mm. in general um and about learning about my identity and about how how i identify other people and, and learning about that so like one example i think you asked for example uh there's a A terminology that is being thrown around loosely by cisgender men of females. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Females this. Females Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Females that. Like I said, I'm an agendered woman, and I still identify as a non-binary woman. I don't identify as male or female because I feel like I transcend on both of those. I can be masculine and I can be feminine. So when I try to educate someone on, you know, like, oh, why don't you like female? Like, what's wrong with that? And I'm like, well, one, we know what you're replacing that with mm-hmm. to be more right. specific.
2: It's dehumanizing.
0: Yes. But yeah. a female what? Right.
2: Hmm. That's what
1: exactly. A female dog. It's dehumanizing. A
0: female roach. <laughs> like, what you like? What? Like, can I be a person? Yeah. Can I Can I just be a human? So you can't, you you have to address me as a binary For me to fit this description and
2: and so the the, like distinction between sex right which Mm -hmm. is female male and then gender Mm -hmm. uh man woman do 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 you then identify in the gendered woman right is that that yes because that's something that i'm noticing especially when i'm in um solely like cis hetero male Mm -hmm. spaces and i guess i'll speak like black male male spaces i never hear black men and without women around ever say the word even with women around, ever say the word woman mm-hmm. right like like it may not always go you know to the b word but we're gonna find some supplement
1: some you know thing. from
2: b up to female which yes. is kind of like where it stops yes. um, and, and it's just interesting like the psychology of of how many generations of dehumanizing women uh have created this can't even come off the tongue it sounds awkward yes. like when i say it to a dude like man you know how you got some women in your life. How do women treat you, right? Yeah. Like it don't even it don't even ring right in these rooms anymore. Uh, but but you're saying that you do uh, uh, still uphold and like even as you're breaking the binary and being non-conforming, that 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 you do hold the, the, the woman identity. And, yes, and that is-
0: I solely hold on to the woman identity. Um, something I believe in is that there is womanism and that there is also feminism, mm-hmm. and I stand behind womanism. And I still stand behind feminism mm-hmm. totally. Uh, I believe that something that becomes confusing is when my what's my role or what's my social Mm -hmm. hiatus in a relationship right so the simple thing that i say is that if you would like to address me as she be comfortable addressing me as he if you're gonna introduce me as queen then you better introduce me as king too (laughs) so like the females don't like don't 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 hold me to no like don't call me male neither don't call me female any applications I don't check those boxes, mm. you know what I'm saying? And I think like uh something that has like probably kind of been turned against me, um in the LGBTQ community is that it comes off a sense of like that I've got a lot of you know um applaud not applaud but attention of the fact that i still identify as an agendered woman Mm -hmm. um but that's only based off the fact that i've done my research for myself Mm -hmm. and i know what keeps me safe in my political stance in my and in my social stance
1: what do you mean by that keeps you safe what Um, what about that choice and how you frame it for yourself keeps you safe
0: uh so it just i feel like it simply brings a different like a different enlightenment in a different perspective because something that needs to be changed very drastically is language in the language that we are learning right now. Because a lot of times when, you know, you introduce yourself to people, it used to be, hello, my name is et cetera, et cetera. Now is, Oh, what's up? What's good? You know what I'm saying? And that's nothing wrong because that's the culture that we have developed as a new age, um, as a new age people. But, Something that is hindered is when you meet someone new, we don't ask questions like, what gender pronoun do you prefer? Especially if you see someone who might, you know, be dressed uh, completely different than what their gender might organize them as. You will probably just go off the basis and assume that they are a he. Mm -hmm. But we don't ask those questions because we go based off of assumption of sight
1: or there are like certain rooms where you do ask that and then you folks go out into the world and like, okay, I did my job asking it in that very particular space, but in the world I can still operate based on those same assumptions. Yes. Like it doesn't get embodied. It's like, okay, I did my job by asking that. And then I can go walk through the world and just reinforce the same assumptions over and over and over again.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, So is that something that for you and your thinking, I don't know. I struggle with this a lot actually in our conversations is because the overlap between uh, activists and artists is so strong. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to ever put the burden or assume the burden on someone that in their art, they're trying to, you know, make a stance on something Mm -hmm. or like a concrete change in something. But uh, I think one thing that you said earlier that I could see applying here is you talked about how the creative life provides a space for not just working through the painful things, but just working through all the million ideas going on in your head. Yeah, Is this something that, uh, this particular piece of your identity, is this something that your art has helped you come to a realization about? Or or a a framework, a language about?
0: It has actually. I have uh, one of my amazing mentors, Avery R. Young. He's, um, he's inspired me. Uh, he started this movement of black. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I heard the misspelling of black, it was in Spike Lee's movie Bamboozled. And she said, from now on, we should spell black, B L A K, not with the C. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, my mentor, Avery, he comes along and is like, be black, B L K. So that was one of the things that, like, you know, I, I transcended and I took on. So something as simple as that, as, like, a new spelling of something, I put that into my poems. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Frank Ocean, like, when it was this big speculancy of, like, oh, is Frank Ocean gay? Is he bi? What is he? He would switch up his wordplay. Mm-hmm. Some songs he would refer to as a she, and then, like, two verses down, you'll see a he. And then the next song, it'll be he. So it's like, who is he really talking to? What is it about? And I feel like I transcend that uh, in my poems, like I said earlier, by using the language that we talk about in our new generation um, in a way that could be understand of, you know, a language that, you know, might, that the renaissance of the militia Mm -hmm. might understand Mm -hmm. in a way of layman terms that the hood hasn't yet been churched down on.
1: So we're about to get out of here, um, but... I don't know if, if Damon gave you the warning. Are you, is there a piece that you would be willing to perform for us at the very end here?
0: Um, it would, but I would ask what y'all cursing like.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't care. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. That was the first time anyone's like formally asked. <laughs> it was a great gut check moment. Yeah. There. I just wanted to know.
0: <laughs> a window shopping ass nigga after Morgan Parker's match. A window-shopping ass nigga, always a send a pick ass nigga, a Netflix and chill ass nigga even though he ain't got no Xbox, just pawned it for a tray Five, said he was gonna flip it, always being a flip-flop, sturdy as a pair of flip-flops, singing about some Gucci flip-flops, knowing damn well you window shop at Gucci Water Tower ass niggas, window C at McDonald's cause they got outlets ass niggas, hit the Chick-fil-A ten minutes later for they Wi-Fi, Ask for a courtesy cup and fill it with all the pops. Spend his last dollar on a black and mild. Now he gotta try to finesse the bus driver. Knew the bus driver wasn't going in the first place. Always testing the waters. Jesus walking in the food desert. Thirsty like vultures. A what's up gorgeous ass nigga. A let me take you out when I just saw you staying two honey buns ass niggas. loose squares ass niggas asking me for a lighter. Always ready to play a game with no pieces. Boards been broke before they bought it. Wonder why I give you no play, wonder why I only do on Tuesdays, wonder why I don't invite you to shows, wonder why I gave you my old number, never thought to check if it was working in the first place, always be the first to tell me their resume without me having to ask, really hope he actually got a resume, No, he could be a good hood ass nigga, No, he probably came from the good side of the hood, No, he probably jumping wrong sided tracks, Say so he gon' always see green on the other side Call it sawbucks and quarters, ass niggas Outside looking in, ass niggas Always being watched, ass niggas Got a bin as a window Wonder why I won't let you in Wonder why my door stays bolted Tired of hearing my ex's stories, ass niggas Promise he'll protect me, ass niggas Told him my ex said the same thing and beat my ass, nigga Guess I was just too transparent Call it commitment Now it's just robbery, ass niggas Always ready to take ass niggas, never wanted to buy ass niggas, want the clearance rack. Told him I don't have one, still breaking windows, drink Windex like reflection, don't care about the merchandise, just want to stand in front of the store and never buy anything.
2: Hey, Hey. this is why I like third time hearing
1: you do that piece piece. and I really rock with it. That shit is super Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) So, So we're about to get out of here. Where can the folks find your work? Where can they stay up on what you're making?
0: So I am actually in the studio as we speak. I plan to get my rapping out. I know, we record in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I need a plug. Uh, But you can always add me on Facebook at Iman Loren Black, E-M-O-N, L-A-U-R-E-N, B-L-A-C-K.
1: Cool. Follow us at Ergo Radio. I'm Ergo Daniel Damon underscore.
2: AF, April Fools,
1: baby. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded very 50 Cent of you. Yeah, yeah, I'm fool,
2: I, I am 50 Cent. child. Oh, On
1: All right, y'all, <laughs> no, before okay, we get guys, carried away, questions. hell yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Much love to y'all. Window
1: Shopper. Peace Nigga use a window shopper.
0: You mad at me, I think I know why. Nigga use a window shopper. In the jewelry store, looking at shit you can't buy. Nigga use a window shopper. In the dealership,
2: trying to get a test drive. You use a window
1: shopper, uh, mad as fuck when you see me right by, summertime, white boys, Carrera is milky, I'm on the grind, let my paper stack when I'm filthy, it's funny how niggas get the screw facing at me, anyhow they ain't got the heart to get at me, I get down south side of the hood that I come